This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, happy Wednesday, friends. Good afternoon and welcome aboard. It's Rob Breckenridge with the Afternoons on News Talk 770. 974-TALK, that's 403-974-8255. Looking forward to hearing from you today. You can also uh, tweet at us, at Rob Breckenridge. Send us your text as well, 770-770. Another busy show for you today, and uh, we'll tell you more about it as we uh, roll along. Along here through the afternoon, uh, but eager and excited to get to our first guest. It's uh, been a very interesting week south of the border with the Democrats getting their turn to hold their convention in Philadelphia. It's been a tumultuous convention for the Democrats, uh, certainly highlighted, I guess, by big, powerful speeches from Bill Clinton and Michelle Obama. But a lot of division still within the Democrats and a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters not happy with how their guy's been treated and not enthusiastic about Hillary Clinton. And that seems to be a big problem for the Democrats. People aren't enthusiastic about Hillary Clinton. She'll have her moment. She'll give her speech. But she really needs a bounce out of this convention. I mean, the Republicans seem to have a a troubled and awkward convention. But Trump seemed to get a bounce out of that convention. And Hillary had been leading in the polls for quite a while. And now all of a sudden, here comes Donald Trump. This is going to be a, a tough, tough election. For the Democrats. And when you look at uh, all of Trump's problems, it should be easy. Now, speaking of Donald Trump, uh, he held a news conference today. And I guess uh, say we will about Donald Trump, but uh, Hillary hasn't done a news conference uh, in a long time. But it, it was a weird, it was a weird news conference. Let me just play this, this one short clip that a lot of people are, are focusing on today and wondering what Donald Trump was thinking. But it would be interesting to see. I, I will tell you this. Russia, if you're listening... I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. I think you will probably be rewarded mightily by our press. Now, was he joking? What, what was that? Uh, certainly there have been questions about Trump's uh, approach to, to Russia's relationship with Vladimir Putin. Uh, Ed Morrissey joins us on the line. He is a senior editor at HotAir.com. He is author of Going Red and also the host uh, of his own show, The Ed Morrissey Show. Ed, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Great talking with you again. All right. So does it strike you as odd that, that Donald Trump would be doing any kind of media at all during the Democratic convention? Is he trying to, to seize the spotlight back a little bit? What did you make of it? Under normal circumstances, I would say it would be a good strategy for the uh, opposing nominee to to try to grab a few headlines during the convention. But this particular convention, I'm not so sure about the wisdom of that, because all the headlines, or most of the headlines anyway, have been bad for the DNC. And so there's there's sort of an axiom in politics, which is that when when your opponent is busy, damaging themselves don't get in the way you know don't interfere and and i'm wondering if if perhaps it's a bad idea to do any sort of um big publicity type stuff during this during this particular convention but especially uh with some of the things that donald trump said during this uh, press conference you know and and that's the thing and i mean it speaks to the trump phenomenon because um you know the outside observer would would look at uh, trump's news conference today and, and he said a number of odd things uh, that, that why would he damage himself at a time when he seems to be rising in the polls? But maybe that's the the, the wackiness of, of Donald Trump. Maybe he's he's immune to all of that conventional wisdom. Well, uh, I, 
I, how immune he actually is, I'm not sure. Again, you know, the thing about our politics down here is that what you have is you have two sort of big tents that are filled with different factions. And Donald Trump won a plurality among the factions uh, within the Republican Party during the primary. That is not necessarily going to translate to majority support in a general election. It's the same way as it wouldn't for Hillary Clinton either, Mm -hmm. and she's facing some of the same issues with the Bernie Sanders faction here too. But it's, it's a question of whether or not that's actually working for Donald Trump, or if it's just in making his base a little bit more enthusiastic. And I don't know that we've got enough data to figure that out yet, but I would say that at a certain level, Americans will tend to vote on their gut as to, you know, who's the most reliable, who's the most trustworthy um, person that you've got. And I think that some of this stuff with Donald Trump is really going to rattle their perception of his temperament. And certainly the the idea that even jokingly you would encourage a a foreign government to intervene in an American election, uh, even even jokingly, and especially one that is becoming rather hostile to the U.S., is a sort of a shocking thing to do here. I mean, it would be a shocking thing to do anywhere. It certainly would be shocking in Canada if a Canadian politician encouraged the U.S. to do something like that. Right. It, it's, it should be shocking here. I don't know. I mean, maybe we're just maybe we're beyond shock here in the United States. Well, you know, and the Putin angle is interesting uh, and the whole nature of the relationship with, with Russia, because it was Mitt Romney who, who warned and, and accurately warned uh, that, that Russia would be a, a major challenge uh, and, and a rival of the United States. And, and he was mocked. Obama mocked him and, and others mocked him. So the Republicans could, could lay some claim to accurately predicting some of the many problems with Putin, but then to have a nominee who who praises Putin and who said what he said today. How much of a a problem is that for Republicans? Under normal circumstances, Rob, I'd say it'd be a huge problem, huge problem. Uh, But I'm not sure that normal circumstances apply here. And and I think that um, it's too soon to find out. It's too too soon to figure this out. Uh, He's been saying some of this stuff, you know, for months, some of the, some of the, stuff about Putin being a better leader than Obama. He's been saying that since last year, and it hasn't seemed to damage him so far. Uh, but again, this whole idea that you know he's encouraging Russia to intervene in, in an American election, I don't know if people have really kind of sussed that out so far from, from the comments, just because of the nature of the way it's, they're being reported. But I think once that settles into people's minds, they're really going to be questioning how far you go with this guy. And, and yet Trump has, has been doing better in the polls over the last week, and maybe part of that is a convention yeah. bounce. So, I mean, that's what, what's wrong with, with Hillary Clinton? Why, why is Clinton losing now to Trump? What is it about Hillary that, that Americans don't like? Well, first off, I want to be careful to say this. I don't know that Hillary is even losing in the polls to Donald Trump at the moment. Right now it looks like basically they're in a virtual tie, mm-hmm. which is a, a pretty decent improvement for Trump over what we were seeing mid-June. Right? About a month ago, the polls were looking very poor for Trump. He was you know, averaging six, seven, eight points back. Now it's more or less virtual ties. You're seeing a couple of points ahead here, a couple of points ahead there. Um, that is probably due in part to the convention bounce. It may be due in part to the uh, FBI Director James Comey's report on the um, Hillary Clinton email scandal, which was sort of an indicting, not indictment, if you will. Um, and so 
you have to ask yourself just how long is that sustainable? Is it sustainable past the Democrats' uh, post-convention bounce? And do the Democrats even get one if Bernie Sanders' delegates are walking out of the convention and refusing to fall in line behind um, uh, Hillary Clinton? Those are, those are the questions that we're going to be looking at. So what I would suggest is all of these things are so much in flux right now that you need to get some t- space and time from them to see whether or not they had an impact. So I would, I would say that don't really bank on polling too much, even, in the, even at the state level, until maybe mid to late August when all of this stuff starts to settle out and the convention bumps have smoothed out. And going into Labor Day when American voters really start uh, locking in on the election, I think that's when you're going to see, see just how sustainable some of this stuff is. Do you think the debates are going to be a, a big factor this time around? I'm not sure we're going to have debates. I don't necessarily know that Donald Trump will agree to debate Hillary Clinton if it comes down to that. He might. He might not. Um, He's already kind of thrown that in question, and there's no requirement for these nominees to have a debate. Now, where that will get very uh, interesting is if Gary Johnson, who's running as the Libertarian nominee, uh, manages to come up to 15% in the polls. There's a whole lot of people out there who are who are not picking either Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. And if he gets up to 15% in the polls, then the uh, Commission on Presidential Debates will include him in those debates. And so at that point, if Donald Trump decides not to show up, Hillary Clinton will debate Gary Johnson, which will be a pretty good pretty good score for Gary Johnson no matter what happens. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Um, so do you think Gary Johnson's going to get in, into the debates? I mean, he's he's kind of on the bubble in, in terms of meeting that, that threshold, isn't he? He's on the bubble usually with Libertarian and Green Party candidates. They start out strong and fade right after the conventions because people start getting a little bit more serious, and most American elections come down to binary choices. This one, I'm not so sure. You've got two of the most unlikable candidates, in fact, the two most unlikable candidates who've ever been nominated for a a major party um, presidential ticket, uh, and their numbers aren't getting better. In fact, Hillary Clinton's numbers got worse. If you look at Gallup, uh, just had a report come out yesterday on this. Uh, They're essentially tied now on favorability at 38.57, which is pretty darn bad. And and he improved to get to 38.57. So, um, yeah, I I think that there's going to be a a larger number of voters than maybe we've seen in a long time who are not going to be prepared to vote for either the Republican or the Democrat, and Gary Johnson could very well benefit from that. Yeah, and and you could. And, and uh, I, look, I, I think he's a respectable guy, and I, I think he's he's got a credible running mate as well, and, and maybe that'll help him. But let me let me put the question this way then, because um, you've got in the Republicans, you've got the, the Never Trump faction, and uh, on the Democratic side, you've got you know the Bernie bros, or the Bernie Sanders uh, supporters. Which faction poses a bigger threat to their own candidate, to their party? Well, numerically, I would say it's the Bernie bros, if you want to uh, call them that, um, because there's a lot of women in that. So I've, I've, kind of, I, I've wanted to call them Bernie bros, but I haven't done it. But basically, the Sanders faction uh, is probably the bigger threat, and maybe even the more so because they're clearly now not responding to Bernie Sanders when he's trying to get them to line up behind Hillary Clinton. I mean, they staged hundreds of them walked out of the um, out of the convention last night and or yesterday afternoon and didn't come back. And so, numerically, you know, Bernie Sanders got 39 percent of the delegates there. He's he got about 40 something percent of the vote. So that would be the bigger threat, I think. However, I think the never try- I think those people are more likely to fall back in line. I think there's less dividing them 
than the never Trumpers are from Donald Trump. So it might be a wash, but um, I'm going to say that it, that it might be more difficult to bring the never Trumpers in on the Republican side. Yeah. And, and just as we look then ahead to, to Hillary's big moment here at the convention, because you know, certainly Michelle Obama gave a great speech. You know, Bill Clinton knows how to give a good speech, which probably helps Hillary. But in a weird way, I, I wonder if it does, because she can't quite live up to, to how good they are. I don't think she'll be able to, to out-speech or outperform Bill or, or Michelle. Yeah, I think what you'll want to see is who's going to who's going to lead up to Hillary Clinton on Thursday, because it does help to have Michelle Obama on Monday and Bill Clinton on Tuesday and have two days separating um, uh, Bill from Hillary. Tim Kaine is not a very dynamic speaker. He's he's competent, but he's not mm-hmm. a very dynamic speaker. So she doesn't have to be, uh, worry about being overshadowed by her uh, running mate. But uh, I think probably she'll get introduced by Chelsea Clinton, who is very much not good at the speaker podium, and I don't mean to, to be mean about that, but she's just not very good at it. And so I think, it, 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 but that's, I mean, she's not up there to, to be a uh, an orator. She's up there just to introduce her mother, and that's, it'll be, it'll be fine. She'll competently handle that, but she won't, she'll be an easy bar to clear for Hillary Clinton on Thursday night. Uh, I mean, assuming that's, that Chelsea's going to introduce her. I think that if you, I would watch the, this, the agenda on Thursday night to see who's speaking and whether you're going to see anybody who's actually terribly dynamic. I think they're going to try to front load that into the first three days and pretty much run up the stiffs on Thursday so that Hillary Clinton will be the highlight of the of the evening. All right. It's going to be interesting. Uh, full coverage, of course, hotair.com. Ed, always great catching up with you. Thanks so much for the insight here. Appreciate this. Same here. Thanks for talking with me today, Rob. All right. Take care. Ed Morrissey, there you go, senior editor, hotair.com. He's the author of Going Red, the two million voters who elect the next president and how conservatives can win them. Also the host uh, of the Ed Morrissey show again, hotair.com. Let's take a break here. We're going to come back. Just some more thoughts on this. We'll set up the rest of the show for you here uh, on this uh, Wednesday edition of Afternoons. It's Rob Breckenridge with you News Talk 770. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.